Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. The Dory Monson Show on Cairo Radio. This is The Big Lead. Hello, Jim from the Carter Subaru Studio. Welcome to our top stories this hour. We'll get you the latest from the Ed Troyer trial down in Pierce County. Also, a high school kid versus a high school football fan. That story's starting to blow up. We'll get to all of that in just a couple of minutes here. Hey, Nicole, um, I, I I never look very closely at uh, at you. Uh, have you ever tattooed your eyeballs? Oh, no. Nope. Never been tattooed never? at all, actually. Mm-hmm. Never? No tattoos never. anywhere? No. Remember, we had this discussion. I was going to when I went to a um, Green Bay Packers game. Oh, but, yeah, that would have been a mistake. But it was days. Or you had to book appointments with tattoo artists months in advance. Who knew? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you didn't do that. Well, the reason I bring this up, and the reason I specifically ask about tattooing your eyeball. So there's a uh, Australian model. Her name is Amber Luke. And Amber Luke has tattoos. Uh, she, she's uh, a body enhancement person, which is an ironic name because... None of these things have enhanced her in any way. But Amber Luke, she has tattoos, she says, that cover 98% of her body. She also has uh, split her tongue in half. So it looks like a, a serpent's forked tongue. So the maybe the front inch of her tongue has a split in it. Who does that sort of thing? Doesn't a doctor have to split a tongue? And aren't doctors not supposed to to maim something that's physically healthy? Do they have... I don't think it's a doctor doing it. I think it's a, no. the piercing tattoo ah. people. Mm-hmm. You let somebody who's not medically trained split your tongue? Oh, it's just gross. So, and, Although... Hey, doctors will cut off the healthy breasts of 13-year-old girls, so I guess splitting somebody's tongue wouldn't be a big deal for doctors either. Uh, but anyway, so this Amber Luke, she, uh, she, 98% of her body's covered with tats. Uh, she's got the split tongue. She's got uh, studs and piercings everywhere. Well, a woman decided to emulate her her idol. Anaya Peterson is a law student. Note to self, criminal trouble, don't call Anaya Peterson. Anaya Peterson is a law student, and she says that the favorite thing about her idol, Amber Luke, is that Amber Luke uh, tattooed her eyeballs. She wanted to make one of them uh, purple and the other one pink. But things went horribly bad for Anaya Peterson. Uh, Amber Luke, when she first did it, she went blind for three weeks. But she got her vision back. 
Uh, this Anaya Peterson, she may not get her vision back. She may be permanently blind now. Uh, she told a tattoo website, I was just going to get one eye tattoo at first because I thought if I go blind, at least I've got the other eye. You see, that's the kind of crackerjack law student mind you want right there. Uh, I thought if I go blind, at least I've got the other eye. I should have stuck with that. My nine-year-old daughter told me that I didn't want to do the tattoo. She said, what if you go blind? She wasn't on board with it at all. Now she wishes she'd listened to her wise little girl. Because the uh, woman who's been left hospitalized by the eyeball modification after a reaction to the ink, she says that she may not regain her vision, and she's definitely at heightened risk for developing cataracts. She said, I don't have 20-20 vision anymore. Uh, she said, if I did not have my eyeballs tattooed, I wouldn't be having this problem. <laughs> Even today, I woke up with more floaters in my eyes, and that's dangerous. Uh, man, then they have pictures of her with her forked tongue and her tattooed eyeballs. Uh, she said she's always going to have this problem because you cannot remove tattoo ink in your eyes. Uh, so that, that's the story of, of this poor girl. Everything's swollen shut. She may not regain her vision, and she has uh, permanent blue and pink and purple eyeballs now. As for Amber Luke... She explained why she likes to tattoo her eyeballs. I can't even begin to describe to you what feeling was like. The best thing I can give you is um, once the eyeball was penetrated with the ink, it felt like he grabbed 10 shards of glass and rubbed it in my eye. Um, that happened four times per eye. That was pretty brutal. Unfortunately, my artist went too deep into my eyeball. If your eyeball procedure is done correctly, um, you're not supposed to go blind at all. <laughs> If the eyeball procedure is done correctly, you're not supposed to go blind at all. But hers was done incorrectly, and she lost her vision. So now now what's next? She's done the tongue. She's done 98% of her body. What's next for this lovely young lass? I don't plan on getting any more body modifications that are extreme in that matter. So no more tongue splitting, no more eyeball tattooing. Um, but I will be getting a procedure called a Brazilian butt lift. In terms of tattooing, I'll just be getting completely tattooed, like covered. Um, my goal is to be completely covered by the time I'm 25. Um, I'm 25 next March. So I'm on track. I'm doing pretty well so far. So she's going to be completely tattooed. Tattooed, she calls it, uh, by March. So she's getting there. She's 98% covered with tats. She'll be 100% in March. And, guys, she's available. All right, with all that, it's mere prelude. Let's get to the big lead. The big lead. Top story. We're keeping an eye on the misdemeanor trial of Ed Troyer in one of the most outrageous witch hunt wastes of taxpayer money, Bob Fergie Ferguson and Jay Inslee, 
after uh, Ed Troyer had a confrontation with a newspaper carrier at 2 a.m. two years ago. Nothing happened. Troyer came out, thought that the guy might be a porch pirate. You know, we just told you. Seattle, Tacoma, number two in the country for package thefts on porches. So Ed Troyer saw a car driving slowly in his neighborhood, and he got in the car because he is the sheriff, and he wanted to see what was going on. That's where he encountered uh, this guy, Cedric Alltime. Uh, Alltime was very upset, Was didn't like the Troyer was asking him questions. Fox 13 covered Alzheimer's testimony yesterday. Cops aren't nice to black people. Recalling the day of January 27, 2021, Cedric Alzheimer drew the route he says he drove in Tacoma's Vista View neighborhood. It's the day Alzheimer says Pierce County Sheriff Ed Troyer was following him while he was delivering newspapers. Alzheimer says he was about an arm's length away from Troyer, who was sitting in his car when he approached him, asking why he was being followed. He just talked down to me like I was just lost, like I didn't know where I belonged. Um... He accused me of being a porch pirate. Okay, so Troyer was watching this guy. He didn't get out of the car. Troyer didn't get out of the car. It was Alzheimer who initiated the interaction between the two of them, as he later said on the stand. They came to that scene because somebody had lied to them. The defense argues Alzheimer never told Troyer that he was a newspaper carrier. In terms of confrontation face-to-face. Yes. You confronted him first, didn't you? I asked him questions, yes. You physically came up to him first, didn't you? At his car? Yes. The defense also questions the route Alzheimer testified he drove on the day in question, saying Troyer's recollection was different. And so you're basically saying that the sheriff made a U-turn, and then you went to confront him, correct? Huh? He made a U-turn, but then you're the one that got out of your car. Went to his car. When we say misleading, you're trying to mix it up now. Oh, I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm just here for the truth. Yeah, I am too. Okay, so Troyer was watching a guy. He wanted to know why the guy was in the neighborhood. Now, I will tell you, I, I have done this. If I see a car driving very slowly uh, in my neighborhood, I've... Not pulled into my own driveway, but I've stayed about a half block, a block back, just to watch and see. Because I think we all need to be vigilant in times where, like I said, we're number two in the United States of America for package thefts. That report just came out today. So I have done that once or twice in my lifetime. But Troyer didn't initiate it. Alzheimer was upset that Troyer was sitting in his car, just kind of watching him. And he was the one who initiated the exchange with Troyer. Now, the other thing that's come out is Troyer did say, and this is the weakest part of Troyer's case, in his initial 911 call, Troyer said the guy said he was going to kill me. There's testimony on the stand today from that Tacoma detective who was the first to respond, and he asked Troyer if he thought he was in danger, and Troyer said no. And the guy uh, whose name, ironically, is Lawless, the detective, he said, I asked him again. Was he in danger? And he said, no. And he said, you know, you guys can go. Because Troyer just asked for one or two cars. The dispatcher 
mistakenly said officer in trouble and there were 32 cars that said they were going to respond about 12 officers ended up responding and then right away Troyer told them that they could leave and go home but here's why I say this is just an outrageous ridiculous witch hunt because what Troyer's accused of here is a misdemeanor misdemeanors hardly ever go to trial Troyer, Troyer wanted this to go to trial because uh, Bob Fergie Ferguson was trying to call Troyer a racist, which is ludicrous. Troyer's wife is a person of color. Uh, Troyer and his wife have adopted and fostered so many children, many of whom are, uh, are people of color, children of color. And what, whatever one's disagreement with Ed Troyer is, to say that the man's racist is just insane. Because the way he lives his life is far more important than whatever happened in this encounter. Now, let's get to the encounter itself. So they were angry. Alzheimer initiated the words that were exchanged. But Troyer was following a guy who turned out to be just a newspaper carrier. Alzheimer was asked if he was upset. And you were pretty agitated on that tape, right? That's what you want to say, yes. And Alzheimer's thought that Troyer treated him like uh, like a suspect. I get held at gunpoint. Um, I get questioned, pulled out of my vehicle, and frisked, asked questions, treated like a suspect. Okay, there's been nothing in the testimony to suggest that Alzheimer was held at gunpoint. Uh, the first responding cop, that Lawless, he said... We thought a cop was in trouble. I unholstered my gun, but I held it up at near my chest in a safety position, and nobody ever pointed a gun at, at Alzheimer. But here's what it comes down to. Uh, at, at the very worst, it was Troyer was looking out for his neighborhood, and it was a case of he watched somebody who had a legitimate right to be there. Now, does that lead one to believe that this required a jury trial? Does this prove racism when the guy is married to and has fostered children who are people of color throughout his life? He's never he's been on the force for 30 years. And he's never had one accusation of racism in 30 plus years against him. So all of a sudden one night two years ago boom guy turns into a racist. Now this is some grandstanding that Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson want to do. They want to get uh, Pelt so that when Fergie runs for governor, he wants to say, yeah, I was the guy who brought down uh, Troyer. And Inslee, who pretended he didn't even know Chaz Chop was going on, uh, Inslee can't stand cops. He has contempt for police officers. He has shown that with his actions. Uh, we have shown that when families of fallen state patrol troopers have demanded that Jay Inslee stay away from trooper funerals because they know how Inslee treats and feels about cops. But Inslee and Ferguson, uh, these are the trappers, and they want a pelt here. And Troyer's the, the trophy that they're hoping they can hold up. But there's nothing physical. There were some words exchanged, feelings that were hurt, and yes, Troyer being maybe overzealous in watching out for his neighborhood when he saw a car that he had no idea why it was driving slowly at 2 in the morning. 
Does that sound like that's worthy of a jury trial? Which is what Bob Ferguson and Jay Inslee made sure happened here. Because they wanted Troyer. They said, well, we won't go to trial, but you got to admit you're a racist. And Troyer said, I'm not admitting I'm a racist, because I'm not. And so this has been a multi-day, it's been a week long. They will spend any amount of taxpayer dollars that they can because they want to get a cop here. And there are cops who do bad things. And there are cops like Derek Chauvin, who's going to go to prison for the rest of his life for doing something horrible. But to say that there was mistaken identity, a cop watched out for his neighborhood, the person he was watching got agitated that he was being followed, goes and initiates a confrontation. Now, if Troyer said that to the 911, uh, the guy's going to kill me, and then he walked that back, he's got to explain that. But does that sound like that alone is worthy of putting a guy in jail, trying to fire him from his job, or whatever desired outcome they have for this trial? Because... Not much more has come out. Why did you ask him if he was following you? Because he kept popping up and stopping and right where I was. He just talked down to me. Okay. So this is about words. Uh, Most times when you have cops on trial, it's because they have put a knee on somebody's neck or shots have been fired or somebody has been injured or somebody has been killed. This is words exchanged. And Fergie Ferguson is going to spend however many tax dollars he can to try to take down a, a guy who has served nobly for 30-plus years. It's really something to watch. But this is the tyranny. And, and this is what Jay Inslee has been angling for for the last three years. He doesn't want elected sheriffs. He wants appointed sheriffs. He wants sheriffs to just be another arm of Dow Constein and Jay Inslee's government. And they hate cops at the very top of state government. And cops don't think much of Jay Inslee. I can tell you that because I've, I've talked to the families who have ordered Inslee to stay away from state trooper funerals. Uh, they know exactly what they have with this governor. But that's why this is happening. Uh, hopefully they'll wrap today. Jury will have the case tomorrow. Uh, we'll continue to follow it very closely. And that is your big lead this hour. The big lead on Cairo Radio. We're going to check the news for you here. And then the confrontation between a high school fan and a high school coach that is getting all kinds of fiery attention. Details straight ahead. Here on the Dory Monson Show. This week marks the 34th year of Cairo Radio partnering with Treehouse for Holiday Magic for the foster kids in our state. And if you would like to help out, we would love to have you. Uh, just text the word MAGIC. To our text line, 888-973-CAIRO. That's 888-973-5476 if you want to make a donation. Or if you want to bid on one of our auction items, including in afternoon and evening, fishing with Tom Nelson, Nicole, and me. 
out on Puget Sound. Uh, you can bid on that and many other auction items, including Seahawks and Mariners ticket packages. Go to MyNorthwest.com slash Holiday Magic and just know that with all your generosity, we are making the holidays happy for kids in our region. There was a story that got a lot of attention uh, a couple of weeks ago. High school football semifinal playoff game between Yelm and Bellevue. And the word is that after the game, a young man, a kid, wearing a Bellevue sweatshirt, went up to one of the Yelm coaches and, and started punching him, started beating on him. And so the young coach went to the news media. It got all kinds of attention. Well, now the attorney for the kid in the sweatshirt is fighting back. And, oh, Nicole, tell me where the, sto- where the story is here. Yelm in Bellevue. Uh, it should say Yelm. Do you see that? Yelm. 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 No, there's no Yelm. Hold on, it'll be. Tell over. you what, while you're while you're moving that over, I have another story I want to tell our listeners about, and that is that every single elected statewide official in Washington is in line to get a pay raise. Hey, how are you doing? You keeping up with inflation? The average family has lost about eight percent, even if they've got a pay raise, with inflation running rampant. Almost every family in America has lost buying power. But your state lawmakers want to make sure that that does not happen. Jay Inslee, Bob Ferguson, uh, Supreme Court Justice, they would all get pay raises if they get their way. King Five covered this. The governor, Lieutenant Governor Heck, and every legislator would get a 4% raise in 2023. The attorney general's salary would jump 6.5%. The Supreme Court chief justice would get a 7% raise. And the state auditor would see a more than 8% increase. I think the consensus that we saw in the votes anyway is that the salaries have been lagging and they need to be caught up a little bit. Oh, Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson's salaries have been lagging and they just need to catch up. So they want to give themselves about, well, there's a a committee that they are asking to give them a raise. But Jay Inslee would make about $12,000 a year more. Uh, Bob Ferguson, close to that as well. While families in this state are struggling with inflation, are trying to get paycheck to paycheck, Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson want us to give them more money, more of our money even while families are struggling around here. But the most outrageous part of this story, do you know why they want this pay raise? Listen, uh, King Five explained why they say they need to have a pay raise in state government. That's why a constitutional amendment would be wise. Governor Jay Inslee would get a raise, but not as big as the state Supreme Court justices. Everyone elected to serve in Olympia would get a bump in salary next year and in 2024. Lieutenant Governor Denny Heck told salary commissioners last month the raises would make for a more diverse body of lawmakers. What? I'm sorry, I jumped on that a couple hours ago, too. Giving themselves a raise 
will give them a more diverse body of lawmakers. And like I said, it was like they just rolled the woke word dice, and they were going to see, yeah, if you give us a raise, it'll give us a more equitable body of lawmakers. No, no, no. Let's try again. If you give us a raise, it'll give us a more inclusive body of lawmakers. No, no, no. They waited for this to pop. It'll give us a more diverse body of lawmakers. Can somebody explain to me, seriously, if you know anything about human biology, and I know you do because you're probably a biologist, I bet you can even tell the difference between a man and a woman. But if you know anything about biology, can you please tell me how giving Jay Inslee a raise next year is going to help diversity? <laughs> Give it with a straight face. Can somebody please tell me how giving Bob Fergie Ferguson a raise next year is going to improve diversity? Because that's actually what they're saying through uh, Denny Heck. <laughs> I'm still stunned by this, but this is the game, you know. Uh, just if you get the word diversity in there, nobody will dare question it. Because anybody who questions giving Jay Inslee a raise in the name of diversity must clearly be a racist. I mean, if you think that Bob Ferguson doesn't deserve a diversity raise, you're a racist. But But still, I need this explained to me. Because I'm not quite sure... How giving Inslee and Fergie raises improves diversity. Lieutenant Governor Denny Heck told salary commissioners last month the raises would make for a more diverse body of lawmakers. <laughs> yeah, that'll do the trick. If Jay's making more money, of course it makes us more diverse as a state. Yeah, yeah please explain that to me if you can. Triple eight ninety seven three Cairo. Triple eight ninety seven three five four seven six. Okay, I'll hold off on the whole yum. I'd save that for tomorrow. That's a good whole whole uh, segment topic. So I'll save that one for tomorrow. Because coming up next, we're going to count down our favorite sound bites of the day. Awesome audio is coming up as the Dory Monson show rolls off. Stretch week on with the show with Joe. What a day! And there still is more to do because this is when we like to count down our favorite sound bites of the day. This is Dory Monson's awesome audio clips of the day. There have been calls for getting rid. In fact, Congress says their new military funding package is going to be dependent on getting rid of the vaccine mandate for our military. There's no reason for healthy young people to need to get the vaccine. Right, KJP? And we believe that it is a mistake what we saw, uh, what we saw happen on the NDAA as it relates to the vaccine mandate. Well, how, how is it a mistake? to get rid of the vaccine mandate for healthy young people. Everybody is stuck on what we know was their big lie of a year and a half ago. And they think that we haven't noticed that it was all a big lie.
but that's what they're still pushing. Uh, last week, Dick Morris came on our show. He was a campaign advisor for both Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. And Dick Morris told me that if Republicans want to win elections again, they have to start embracing mail-in voting and all the things that the Democrats have really seized upon as strengths, the Republicans better start playing the games by the new rules. And Newt Gingrich agrees. You have to play the game by the rules that are existing. Uh, That means, for for example, if you want Generation Z voters, you've got to be on TikTok even if, in fact, in the long run, we may abolish TikTok as a Chinese communist device. It means that you have to recognize early voting. It doesn't do Republicans any good to save their TV money till October if they've had a third of the vote come in in September. Uh, so, and if people are going to have early voting, the huge advantage of early voting is it lets you know who to focus on because they haven't voted yet. And let me just point out, Democrats focus on elections. Republicans focus on campaigns. Uh, Democratic consultants ultimately are paid to win elections. Republican consultants are paid to buy TV ads for campaigns. Very different models. And uh, as I've indicated in a newsletter that's going out tomorrow, we need to really rethink from the ground up. Newt Gingrich is absolutely right about that. Unless Republicans rethink their strategy, they are not going to be able to compete. Uh, Let's see. Oh, let's go to libs of TikTok. That's always fun. Uh, Did you realize that writing... English, using proper grammar. Did you realize that all of that is racist? You have to play the game. No, 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 Newt. Not you. As an educator, I am constantly worried if I am part of the problem. What do I mean by that? Well, public education is an institution that upholds lots of problematic systems in our society, like white supremacy and misogyny and colonization, etc. In my role as an educator, I try to undermine that BS in my classroom as much as I possibly can. I teach high school English, and whoo, the white supremacy runs deep. What do I mean by that? Well, let's look at how we write essays. Start with an introduction that includes a thesis. Always cite your sources. Use transition words like however and therefore. These are all made up rules. They're arbitrary. They were created by Westerners in power. In linguistic justice, April Baker Bell calls this the language of respectability or the language of power. Which got me thinking, what if I started my school year with a unit honoring how we talk rather than teaching students how to write properly? So this is the start of my series on teaching linguistics in high school. Really? So we're going to start teaching kids to write like kids talk? And that's going to help them professionally. That's going to help them out in the world. This is just a mass insanity that is gripping too much of the teaching profession. Oh, and the medical profession. Here's a doctor who says there's one thing that doctors really need to start focusing on. What do you think it is? Proper nutrition? Making sure that people aren't eating too much red meat? What's the one thing that doctors really need to focus on right now? All right, this one is for International Pronouns Day and just for the healthcare professionals on TikTok. So if you're not a healthcare professional, keep scrolling or whatever, I can't tell you what to do. We have got to start making pronouns a standard part of our patient intake forms. Here's the new patient packet that I use for new patients. And if you just scroll down, third question, there it is. It's as simple as this. Which pronouns would you prefer that we use when talking about you? She, her, hers, he, him, his, they, them, theirs, or other. And then a space to specify if you choose other. It's really that simple. 
I'm in a privileged position where I'm running the practice, so I can say whatever I want in my new patient form. But it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, nurse, healthcare administrator, CNA, pharmacy tech, OT, PT, respiratory therapist, anyone. Check out your new patient forms, and if there's not a space to write pronouns, ask the person in charge of it. It's usually not intentional, but it can make a big difference. Is that a big priority for you when you go to see the doctor? Do you want to make sure about that? Unbelievable. All right, I got to get out of here. I really do. The John Carley and Sherry Elker show is coming up next. God bless you in these crazy times, and I will see you back here tomorrow. High noon. Hit them.